live from Tel Aviv, two nice Jewish boys, Aitzid Weinstein and Naor Minninger. Hello, Aitan. Hello, Naor. How are you doing? Salutations. Um, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I didn't, I didn't oh, know how to react to that. <laughs> You look fancy today. Oh yeah, well you know what did, happened? I, is it? Is I did it a little shopping? Oh, you did it yeah, by yourself? No, no surely no. not by I, yourself. If I go into the mall by myself, I just stand around. It'll be like a nuclear disaster. Yeah, I just get lost. I actually did go by myself at the beginning. Uh huh. And I was planning on doing some shopping, and then when I got there, I spent like an hour, and I was lost, totally lost. I had no idea what shops like to go into. Like I don't know how to buy things. So then I, I hit up a friend of mine, a, a female friend, and I was like, you need to help me buy things uh-huh. because I'm totally hopeless on my own. And it took her an hour to get to the mall, and for an hour, I walked around trying still to buy things. And all I ended up buying was nine pairs of underwear and cologne. That's all I could get on my own. I can relate to that. Yeah, it was good underwear though. I mean, yeah, we're, we're we're I'm working my way through them as we speak. So yes, yeah, so, so but this time, uh, yeah, it's going well this time. No, no, uh, with the shopping. Oh, I thought you meant these pair of underwear. No, no, <laughs> no. I know, I know about the underwear. We already discussed the, the shopping it went well. I think, uh, yeah, it's too bad the listeners can't see us because oh. I look pretty fly. <laughs> well, you look better than ever. Thank but you. But then again. Thank you. I, that... I particularly like your turtleneck. Oh, thank you. It's looking good today. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so now that we're done <laughs> self-masturbation, we can oh continue. My oh, my God. We, we can't need to say edit that. that out. It's just put a little beep. And then Self-pleasuring, we'll... please. Self-pleasuring. Um, today we have someone special with us. Yeah, today. indeed. A bit sick. A bit sick. A, a bit <laughs> under the weather. But today we have Jonathan El Khoury with us. Yeah. Hi, how are you? Hi, I'm great. How are you Or El Khoury, if you <laughs> can't pronounce the ch, yeah. if you're an American. Yeah, I have heard it all. Like, do, do people ever th- pronounce it? They have trouble with it in the States? Yes, a lot. So how do they pronounce it? Uh, El Khoury, El Khoury. El Khoury. Something yeah. like that, yeah. yeah. I, I grew up in the States and with a name like Eitan, yeah. it wasn't easy. They were I just guess. like, oh, Ethan. I'm like, no, that's not. It's Ethan. <laughs> it is, though. Wait Eitan. till you hear my middle name, then they lose it. Like, What's your middle name? My middle name is Nizar. Nizar. Mm. Yes. Isn't it a ne- uh, like, what does it mean? There's no meaning. It doesn't mean anything. Right. Like, I search everywhere. Uh-huh. There's no meaning for this name. Uh-huh. So. The elusive name. <laughs> um. So, Jonathan was born in Lebanon, guys, which is unbelievable you might ask yourself what does a lebanese guy do in israel in tel aviv uh talking to us aren't we supposed to like fight and kill each other well apparently not (laughs) apparently since it's such a special country um we have all kinds of interesting people and today we brought jonathan because he's fascinating and he's representing a very big and important community here in in israel um and he does awesome work um, mm-hmm. because he is also, may I, may I say, Zionist? Um, yes, you can. I can say that. Yeah. Um, and, and, and your religion is Christian, right? That's right. Okay, so you're, uh, you were born in Lebanon to a Christian yes. family. Mm-hmm. A Greek Orthodox family. Greek Orthodox. Um, so, and then when did you come here? In 2001. You were, at the time? Um, nine years old. Nine years old. Yeah. And what were the circumstances? Um, you didn't just get lost. No. 
<laughs> I went on the wrong flight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Took the wrong turn. <laughs> yes, exactly. You made the be- you made the best of a of a bad situation. You're like, oh well, I ended up yeah. in Israel. I might as well. well. Let's enjoy yeah. the moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so here that, I am 16 years after. <laughs> so that wasn't the story. Yeah. Now no, that we got that no. out of the way. So you at the age of nine, 2001, how come? What, what happened? Uh, my father was a soldier in the South Lebanon army. And uh, when Israel withdrew from South Lebanon in 2000, he fled the country that day. And my mom decided that we should stay in Lebanon. The, wait, the same day he, he fled? The same? Yes. The same day. Wow. So it was like a frenzy. It was like everybody was rushing out and he left on that day. Did yeah, he have that's right. a notice? Um, no. Uh, before that, the Israeli government didn't... Uh, basically, Ehud Barak, who was the prime minister back then, mm-hmm. uh, didn't announce it to the South Lebanon army mm-hmm. uh, chief. So suddenly at that day, they discovered that... Uh, the IDF is returning to Israel. And what was the what was the meaning of that? I mean, why did he flee? Um, Hassan Nasrallah, the uh, chairman of the Hezbollah organization, said uh, a day or two days before because Israel was talking about withdrawing from South Lebanon. It wasn't like a big surprise. Mm-hmm. But the, the day that they left, it was a surprise because no one said anything about it. So Hassan Asana said that everyone that helped Israel or everyone that was in the South Lebanon army is going to be charged with treason and he's going to do everything in his power to catch all of them and to hurt them. And that and, and we know what Hassan Nasrallah means when he says hurt. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't yeah, people, take treason lightly. People just like went skydiving from roofs. Really? Or, yeah. Yeah, they they were they were thrown from roofs. Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like in Gaza, like we yes. saw in Gaza, like we see in every yeah. Arab country yeah. around us. Yeah, uh, guys, that you, people that your father knew, like people your um, family no, knew. No, because my father, oh, everyone that my father knew, uh, they uh, ran to Israel, uh-huh. or they were put in jail. Uh-huh. Uh, it was depends on their uh, situation in the army. My father was an officer, so he was in higher danger than a regular soldier. Now, maybe w- let's take a, a step back, because I think even I think if you'll ask the average Israeli our age, they will have no idea. That's right. Why we were in Lebanon in the first place. Um, what like nothing. Nothing. So, so to give a little context. So, to give a little, so Aidan and I will try to, to, to say what we know. And when okay. we start saying uh, idiotic stuff and embarrass <laughs> ourselves, just give us a, a hint. That'll no be problem. about three seconds in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, 82, mm-hmm. uh, the war started. And it started, you know, when you watch a film like Vals with Bashir which is the famous Israeli documentary about uh, the Sabra and Shatila uh, massacre. When you watch that film, it doesn't say anything also about why did we go there? Why Mm -hmm. did it start? So it started basically because for years... um, the the Hezbollah, the, the it was the PLO before the, the PLO. Um, uh, they uh, launched rockets on the cities of the north um, of Israel to pressure us to to give to 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 there solve even, the situation with the Palestinians. There were even attacks in Israel. I yeah. think in in seventy yeah, eight. Samir Kuntal. Yeah. In 78, um, there was, was that the, yeah, I mean, Kunta, it is, Kunta, yeah, Kunta? when they invaded by the sea, they, they, in Naharia, uh, the, and they, and they, um, attacked family, yeah, so there were tourist acts. No, but there was another one on the, on the Gvisha Chof, and then afterwards in 78, Israel 
uh, in retaliation. I think three days later it was uh, uh, Litani, Operation Litani, oh, Operation and they Litani. went into and they pushed the they pushed the PLO back beyond a certain point. Right, and then there they were came back. there were tensions before, yeah. but the big change was eighty two. Yeah, Begin decided that he won't tolerate any more it anymore. And what the logic said, if we'll invade, because the the range of the rockets was about forty uh, kilometers, so mm-hmm. they figured if we'll if if we'll invade. Uh, to the point of 40 kilometers, then they just won't be able to shoot the rockets on our cities, and so that will solve the problem for now. Mm-hmm. Okay, Um. so, uh, but then uh, uh, it didn't work quite as planned. Uh, Sharon probably, the Minister of Defense back then, probably uh, took advantage of Begin and did whatever he wanted there, and, and we found ourselves deep into Lebanon and mixed up. Now, the, the we need to add that uh, the situation in South Lebanon before that the civil war was like in its uh, yeah its higher um, uh, situation and the Christians were really suffering because what is Lebanon Lebanon explain to us what is it Lebanon used to be a Christian country uh, a Christian Arab speaking country uh-huh. and then during the seventies and sixties the civil war started. And at the beginning, it was between the Muslims, like between the Sunni and the Shia. Uh-huh. And later on, they started massacring Christians. The Shia uh, being uh, Hezbollah. Shia and is Sunni. Hezbollah, and the PLO is the, the, Sun- the Sunni. So, yeah. The Sunnis were mainly the Palestinians. Yes, that's uh-huh. right. Uh-huh. So in the 70s, they invaded uh, a lot of Christian villages. My mom had to run away from her village in uh, Tzidon. Mm-hmm. Um, to the south, they ran away to the south, and then afterwards they started entering the south as well. So they the the Christians said, "Listen, we can't uh, bury it anymore. The law is not protecting us. Lebanese government is not protecting us. So we need your help." And that's how they started combining together. Uh, they with said the Israeli to Israel, government. "We need yes. your help." Although before. It's not that when it was a completely Christian co- part, uh, country, we were f- good friends, but the political situation like forced this, you know, the enemy of my enemy is your friend, yeah, right? Before that the was first the settlements in Israel, when, when they came here in the 40s and everything, they had good connection between right. the Maronite Christians in Lebanon and Israel. But later on, because when Israel was established, the, the, the Lebanese knew that the Arab world is going to attack Israel uh-huh. and they were afraid to pr- to uh, support Israel because, because they knew Syria. that they are going to be next if they right. support Israel mm-hmm. um, so that's why they didn't support it in 82 before uh, Sabra and Shatina massacre we had the president uh, Bashir Jmail mm-hmm. um, and he wanted like basically we had a peace agreement between Israel and Lebanon with him mm-hmm. and uh, but he didn't rule the country anymore because um, he, of was the war. he was killed right. he was murdered he was murdered yeah, yeah. Uh, by, because by of that, but but the idea of the invasion was okay. We're going to invade. We're going to put the Christians back to power. Yes, we're going to help them eliminate in, in w- one way or another uh, the terror, the terror or, that was meaning the yeah. Sunni and the Shia. Mm-hmm. And then when will when it will be a Christian country again? We we can make peace with them. Yes, right. That was the logic yeah. of the war. But mm-hmm. <laughs> in reality. <laughs> it things, didn't work out. Things worked no. out a little <laughs> yeah. differently. Yeah. Yeah. Well, after Bashir Jmail was killed, everything like went into pieces. He was assassinated so, uh, by Palestinians. Um. Yeah. So so in eighty two, Israel invaded Lebanon. Uh. Until I mean, I think about eighty five, the war continued, and then we pulled back to that to that line. that security yeah, strip security line. Yeah. And and Israel remained there until about two thousand. And in right. two thousand. 
we decided to leave mm-hmm. without without any it wasn't it was like a, it was a one-sided one-sided withdrawal, yeah. exactly mm-hmm. one-sided withdrawal but, but yeah Ehud well, Barak said that he wants uh, that Syria to withdraw from Lebanon as well and everyone to take his uh, right. his power from but nothing happened and only right. Israel uh, well uh, it'll, it'll be fair to say though that he was elected when he was elected one of, of his uh, declaration was that that's what he's gonna do because yeah. the, well you need you guys need to read about it it's very complicated yeah, he said we, that well, in a year from his election right, he's right, gonna right. withdraw from South Lebanon I think that's one of the biggest mistakes that he ever right we'll talk mm-hmm. about it soon said. but just to clear it up during that period of, of years what was the relation so still there were good relations between the the army of the Christians and And between us yeah between the South Lebanon army and Israel yes. they, the, the borders were open uh-huh. a lot of Christians and non- non-christians came to work in Israel between really two yes and 2000 a lot of uh, the borders were open yeah so the de facto border was actually the line 40 mile 40 kilometers into Lebanon yeah there they used to bring buses to bring the workers here into Israel uh-huh. and Israel did help a lot of uh, the south of Um, basic things um, like uh, water and electricity and the hospitals were like thriving so the famous stories like that my father tells and all, all our generation's fathers tell that how they were greeted when they invaded Lebanon they were greeted with they threw rice on them yeah so that those are the Christians yes that's right because they wanted help mm-hmm. okay so I think we got it figured out more or less <laughs> so what do you remember then I mean you lived there for nine years which Lebanon how do you remember it Well, I remember uh, the, the South Lebanon was in, like a quiet area, except like few times that we had to run away from school because missiles were like uh, like what's happening today in Sterot. We had that in the Who's missiles? Um, missiles from uh, the Hezbollah or from uh, other terror organizations that were against uh, Israel mm-hmm. being there. And uh, but our life when Israel was there was really good. Like we had a great life over there. And you, you lived were good. You lived where? I lived in Marjayun. It's like two kilometers from the Israeli border. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. So it's not it's actually... It's famous for a bottle, I think. Yeah, well, every, every uh, operation that happens in Lebanon, they get to Marjayun, like mm-hmm. two kilometers mm-hmm. to, next to the Litani. Ah, Sorry, there was a famous battle yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Marjayun is two kilometers into Lebanon from yes. Israel. So it's not so deep into the 40 no? kilometers. But the missiles from Lebanon were actually reaching Yeah, because they area. were fighting in these areas because Israel ah, okay. was there and they wanted to fight Israel. Yeah. It was so a kind of a... How would you say that? Uh, like we've war had, of attrition. Yeah, like we've yeah. had in the 70s, in a sense. Yeah. That's what took place there, and you were in the middle of yeah. that. They were hiding between us. Mm-hmm. The, the Palestinians and the, Palestinians. the Hezbollah people were firing rockets and firing at the IDF from next to our homes and hiding in our really? homes, hiding in our shelters. They wanted Israel to, uh, to fire at us and to hurt civilians. That's their move. That's what's happening in Gaza today as well. Mm-hmm. And were the, I mean, did the cities take hard hits? Was it the occasional rocket or was it just day in, day out, hour by hour, there were rockets falling or was it? No, it was, it was occasional, like uh, once in a while. Once in a while. Yeah. Okay. So you grew up there. Yeah, but then... I'm talking about like after I was born, but before yeah. that it was like every day. Ah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was born in 92, and then, like, wh- when I grew up, it wasn't, like, every day. Yeah. But still, even a rocket... Still, guys, let's... <laughs> yeah. Like, even a rocket once in a while, yeah. it's not such a cool childhood. No. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I mean... What's the occasional rocket? <laughs> no, I mean... <laughs> 
come on. <laughs> no, I, What's I, a rocketeer <laughs> dare? I actually, I was... Well, I think the uh, one rocket like uh, hit Tel Aviv, I think, <laughs> two years ago. And people went yeah. crazy. And I think you went crazy. crazy. Yeah, so yeah. imagine that, like, double 15 or 16. Oh, my God. That's yeah. So so y- your your father that and in two thousand Israel decided to withdraw as we said, and your father left the same day. Yes. Now your mother stayed. Yeah. With you and your brother. And my brother. Yeah. Because she brother. was afraid. No, um, we thought that the Lebanese government is gonna find a solution to bring uh, the soldiers back. Because it's their homeland, and we thought that they're gonna do something to get an agreement. So you didn't discuss like scenarios. Like the, your family, like okay, if tomorrow they were drawing, we're going to. Uh, the idea of going to Israel wasn't uh, thought upon at all. No, and even my father, he he figured it out only like an hour before the gates wow. were closed because they uh, no one knew what is happening, and Maljayun it's like um, uh, the the baseline that goes to Israel is from our village, so everyone passed our village and our home. And everyone stopped, like, because everyone knew my father. So they stopped to ask him if Come to on. go to Israel or not, or uh-huh. to, to, to try and tell him, listen, take your kids, take your wife, and leave. Uh, but he didn't decide till the last moment. You know? uh-huh. And it was a great decision that he made. Do you Although remember? it's like... Uh, it was, it, you know, it's the kind of decisions that uh, we as Jews know so well, right? Yeah. It's, 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 uh, you can't help but to, 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 to think about it. Um, yeah, the one decision that changed you know we just met with Professor Israel Alman uh, a week ago the Nobel Prize laureate and he also explains about his parents uh, decision uh, to leave Germany in 38 okay in 38 so it's this one decision and this one moment when they get the passports where it changes your life yeah. and and it's amazing and so you Do you remember that moment when your father um, left? It's unforgettable because um, my father, I, I, I will never forget that moment. Uh, I was sitting um, in, in our salon in the, in the home, uh, me and my brother, and suddenly my father rushes to the house. He picks his uh, suitcase that my mom had made him earlier that day because she didn't know what's going to happen. And then he just ran away from, from the door without like, saying goodbye. And my mom... She saw him from the window. She were, she were in the kitchen. And then she saw him there. And she shouted at him, like, you're not going to say goodbye? <laughs> and then he returned. And he said goodbye. And my, my brother She's wanted like, where, to go with him. Where do you him. think you're going? Yeah. <laughs> so she, he, he left. And he was, was she not uh, upset? Or was she... No, she, she, she knew that something might happen. And he, he might leave. That's why she made him the suitcase. But mm-hmm. she didn't want to leave. She wanted to stay with the family. Because they thought that... It will gonna be okay afterwards but at that point there's a good possibility that you'll never see him again also because who knows when will you see him yeah, again I didn't know I was eight when he yeah. left and I didn't know where he was leaving like uh-huh. I know that he left he said goodbye and that's it right right and so your mother's staying in Lebanon and deciding to was, do you remember arguments between your parents was there ever an argument or was it just clear that your father was a SLA soldier and he needed to leave if the time came and that was clear that that was a necessity or was was there like because from what I understand the SLA uh, soldiers had the option to bring their families with them yes that's right um, but and They didn't fight about it. Like my mom told him that whatever you need to do to stay safe, just do it. Uh, because the ones that stayed in Lebanon, uh, they went and uh, put themselves in jail. Like they uh, surrendered. Was, 
Was she not worried that, or was he not worried, and also was she not worried that that they about your fate? But yeah, exactly. We knew that we are with the family, so uh, we will have the protection of our the family that mm-hmm. stayed with us. They are all living next to us, mm-hmm. so we had their support. We had their uh, help. And a nice arsenal of weapons in the basement. If someone <laughs> yes, comes, <laughs> yeah. if someone calls, well, f- I can't say that word. <laughs> Wait, so really it was a matter of like, you knew that if, if it was necessary, you could go into what, into hiding or, or maybe I mean, the, how would... Maybe the better question is, did, what happened? I mean, did, 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 did they, uh, did you, uh, did they... Suffer consequences? Suffer con- did you suffer consequences? Did, did, did you... Yeah, after Israel left, like a day after Hezbollah yeah. entered uh, yeah. our villages, they claimed our villages. You remember that? Of course, they had a parade. It's not like they just entered and that's it. No, we were all like standing in the streets and people were like throwing rice at them because if you're not doing that, you're going to be dead the <laughs> yes. next day. And I, I, I remember hearing my grandmother like cursing at them and then my uncle tells her like, you need to shut up. <laughs> like, uh, they <laughs> will do something to, to yeah, <laughs> because... Because of them, my father had to leave. Of her course, son. he just of handed course. her a bag of rice. <laughs> yeah. and like, throw, just throw it. Yeah, um, yeah. It was it was crazy. And then afterwards, like nights after, they started entering homes of the South Lebanon Army that stayed in Lebanon. They took the men that was in the army, and they beat in the wives, the kids, everything that was in their uh, way, and they took everything they want. Like they took the cars, they took um, jewelries and everything, and they had. Like they were like your the Nazis. Place? I'm sorry to do this comparison, no, you, but it's... they had, they had like papers saying everything, like who is living where, what does he belong, and everything they 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 knew. I think it's a fair comparison. I and, think it's a fair they, comparison. They came in. They took the 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 men who were soldiers, and they left the families. Yeah, they, after but... they beaten them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and those men so there stayed was, like there months was kind and of, years in prison. So there was some, there was somewhat of an understanding that the family might suffer, obviously, some you know horrendous consequences, you know, beatings. But they would be left alone, and the and but the men would be the soldiers. That I'm saying. What I'm wondering is, I'm I'm wondering how your mother and your family sort of knew that they would be safe or they were willing to deal with the consequences or were they just interested in staying in Lebanon because this is where their family was or was it a patriotic act? It was a fight for our home. It was a fight. The South Lebanon army was a patriotic uh, army. They were yeah. fighting about the freedom of Lebanon mm-hmm. and about keeping Lebanon as it was before. Mm-hmm. And we lost. We I lost see. this war. Because I think it's also important to note that the I mean, we need to look, when we look at this story, we need to look at it from the perspective of the entire Middle East and the Arab world and the place of Christians in mm-hmm. the Middle East because yeah. it it's relevant, right? Because the, the the thing is, Christians in the Middle East they don't have a country, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, they used to have they used to have Leb- Lebanon. That's what you're telling us. I didn't mm-hmm. even know that. But and also in a sense maybe Egypt used to be I mean it, because it's not a religious country and yeah. it will and and but the Coptes there used the, to be exactly. like a great um, majority yeah exactly well when it was part of the Roman Empire towards the end it was Christian as well which which what the, the Egypt I mean Alexandria right. is named, yeah. named after but uh, but what I'm saying so that's the pr- the con- the context right so that 
so you didn't just fight for your it's it's a bit bigger battle you fought for a place mm-hmm. uh, for Christians in the Middle East yeah so that's the, the fight you lost it's not just a fight you know what I'm saying it's mm-hmm. such a bigger idea and I think today after the Arab Spring we only uh, realize winter maybe yeah the Arab winter we only realize how important of the fight it was and how severe of a loss it is right because yeah. what happened to the, to the to the Christians in the Middle East? since the Arab winter or spring or whatever you call it um, most of them were killed or left like today the situation in the Middle East is one of the worst uh, that we ever had for Christians here by whom um, they were killed? by Isis uh, by Muslim extremists uh, that's the one that are affecting lives of Christians down mm-hmm. today in the Middle East um, so you can draw a line between all those everything you That we just discussed for half an hour of course, that's what's happening today to the middle in the Middle East for mm-hmm. Christians and that's I think why like four years uh, before the Christian community in Israel started to wake up and they started to understand what we went through mm-hmm. because when we came here to Israel they said that we were traitors that we betrayed our country and that we are not accepted to their community they didn't accept us to mm-hmm. their communities mm-hmm. or their schools and today they understand what what happened to us we didn't have the media back then and Uh, to cover our story or to tell our story right but today they know what is happening in the Middle East and they know what we went through because I guess the Christian because here in Israel for those who don't know we have Palestinians but Palestinians some of them are Christians some of them are Muslims I don't think that many people realize that mm-hmm. uh, abroad and and so I guess the Christian Palestinians <coughs> living in Israel citizens of Israel were kind of in kind of a of a um, conflict conflict right because their brothers and sisters the Palestinian in Levin Lebanon do you want some tea I uh, know that's okay you sure yeah yeah okay <laughs> because their, their brothers and sister Palestinians in Lebanon uh, were fighting you guys right yeah but they're Palestinians but they were Muslims mm-hmm. whereas you're Christians but no Palestinians yeah well I think that the Christians in Israel um, they were forced to call themselves Palestinians. I don't Explain. think that they have any connection with the Palestinian uh, identity um, because in the 60s and 70s, uh, when the Palestinian idea started to, to come up on surface, uh, they wanted to get as many as support that they can in order to make like more... Um, more like mass. A, the mass. Yeah, they, they wanted the more people to say that they're Palestinians in order to fight like the Zionist idea and Israel right. itself. Right. So... They forced the Christians to do so and that's why why today they call themselves Muslims the Christian history from Israel Palestinians you mean they call themselves Palestinians yes yeah. you well, said Muslims okay oh no sorry it, well okay. the Palestinian idea is a Muslim idea that's what I believe in uh-huh. I don't think it, it was it, it's like a um, to contradict the Zionist movement so they made up the Palestinian identity it's it's okay that is today that they, they want a self-determination and But that's like the history that's why it wasn't so you're saying the Palestinian identity is a Muslim uh, basic start idea yeah yeah something like that that's a you know you don't hear the, this every day here in Israel not not in Tel Aviv you know in Tel Aviv <laughs> I think so you know the masses are coming to to, to lynch us yeah. as we speak maybe <laughs> no, no we're, we're in Yadeliel Tel Aviv University They, those guys don't come over <laughs> here <laughs> um okay so okay but th- those opinions that you articulate so uh, beautifully um, are how common are they amongst uh, Christian Palestinians here in Israel now well I 
I don't know how to say a number to you, but we know that today in Israel we have Christians that don't refer to themselves as Arabs. Um, us, the Christians from Lebanon, we never referred ourselves as never. Arabs. We have never said that we were Arabs. We always said that we are Christians and we are Lebanese. And even Israel, when they wanted to give us um, uh, the ID mm-hmm. uh, certificate, we said that you will not label us as Arabs. We didn't accept that. So they labeled us as uh, Lebanese in our nationality. Aha. And today we know that uh, the Christians is part of the Aramaic society and the Aramaic ancient uh, uh, history because they, they lived here since then. Right. Uh, they were not, like, they didn't come here from the Arab world. So they are uh, the indigenous people like the Jewish people here mm-hmm. in this area. Mm-hmm. And uh, they need to claim back their identity. And that's what's happening with Father Gabriel Nadaf and with the Christian Empowerment Council. So do you think, you think that the Arab Christians in Israel are, are, are suffering through some sort of identity crisis? And, and, and that's, are, are you you're battling it? Or, I mean, like, how do you, you, you feel like it's, it's, um, it's a question of identity that needs to be uh, corrected. Like this is the way they feel, and we we need to make you know make them realize of mm-hmm. the history and the heritage and the ancestry. I mean, how, what's the situation on the ground, and what what are you guys doing to 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 change? Like it? I said, because the Arab identity and the Palestinian identity was forced to them because they wanted to get more people, mm-hmm. and. Today we are fighting in order that Christians have a self-determination. And Israel did help us with that. Uh, mm-hmm. Two years ago, uh, Gidon Saar, I think, mm-hmm. the uh, interior yeah. minister, yes. um, he accepted the Aramaic identity as a legit identity, and now Christians can go and list themselves as Aramaic and not Arabic. So you feel you're being successful in changing the, the mindsets of Christians here in Israel? Um, yeah, it's a struggle. I mean, most of the Christians here uh, accept that and they understand this, uh, this situation. They, a lot of them don't say that they're Arabs, but they're afraid to say it out loud because they know that we, they will face but some a of lot them, of them. I, I would say a lot of them are still very anti-Zionists, very pr- pr- they still feel themselves as Palestinians. The it few was... that are loud, like Basel Gattas. Yeah, but you're saying those loud people don't represent... No, m- most the of the Christians, I, I believe that more than 80% of Christians here don't support the Palestinian idea or don't uh-huh. support the Palestinian identity that they put on themselves. But could it be that some of them don't support at heart, but if I will go to their pub or their coffee shop and start talking politics, they will say like what they are expected to say? Could it be that they feel something and say something else for example of course they do it because they're afraid that's uh-huh. what happened to um to the lebanese the christian lebanese in lebanon when they were afraid to support israel it's the same thing but we're a democracy yes but a lot of people that live here doesn't support that democracy uh-huh well <laughs> at that note maybe we we, <laughs> we need to to listen to a song <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> To chill to, a little to, bit. To cheer us up a little. So, as you guys know, uh, we try uh, to bring uh, indie Israeli music in English because we have so many talented artists. And today we have an artist. Her name is Telalit. 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 And she's a cellist, a very talented singer and composer. Her song uh, just came out. A few, it's a new song. And it hits the, the Galgalat, the... Um, the how, Main how, Israeli radio wow. station. Yeah, that's great. and it's it's a great song, and it's called 
Dissipating Dream. Let's hear it. That was really that, nice. That was that very was nice. That was Telelite. I we serenading. Invite, we invite you to listen to her. Um, she has a Facebook page. She has a YouTube channel, and we'll post the links. And you're invited to follow her and listen to her songs. Thank you, Telelite, for letting us play your song. It was amazing. Thank you. So we're back here with Jonathan El Khuri, and uh, El Khuri. So how, I, how do you pronounce it properly? Khuri. El El Khuri. El Khuri. There is a little bit of El Khuri. 
but where's the emphasis? Al Khuri or Al Khuri? Al Khuri. Just say it. Just say it normally. Al Khuri. Al Khuri. Why, why are you to say I don't know You have a chet <laughs> I don't know just, <laughs> I just feel like That's how you're supposed to say like Most of the Israelis like, When, when, they, <laughs> when they're <laughs> supposed <laughs> to say chet They will yeah. not say They will say <laughs> Yeah because in I think in Arabic It's more <laughs> And it's less No, <laughs> no have It's, a chet it's and our a... perception of well, I'm telling you What Arabic <laughs> is <laughs> How you speak Arabic <laughs> No well, This is not how Arabic works Al <laughs> Khuri so is the priest in, in uh-huh. Arabic. Uh, okay. Yeah, I come from 14 generations of priests. In my really? Family. Yeah. Wow. That's that's a lot of generations. Mm-hmm. It's a so, lot of priests. Yeah. <laughs> so w- were you expected to be a priest? Actually, my father talked to me about it last week. It was like really? out of the blue. Like, what, why why aren't you thinking like going to become a priest? I'm like, seriously? Like, um, I'm not into it. <laughs> like, is, is, he, is he a priest? He was, he wanted to be a priest. Um, okay. And if you in the Greek Orthodox or even in the Catholic, uh, you can be married, mm-hmm. uh, but you need to be married before you become a priest, before your mm. your annunciation uh, ceremony. And he got married, and he didn't want to leave my mom for three years to study, so he didn't do that eventually. But he always like loved uh, being there. I was uh, in church choir for a few years here. So like oh, we wow. have the church like in our soul we were like uh, So where did you uh, okay so we 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 stopped in the middle of the story so where when do you and your mother and your family decide to come what happens and where do you end up here Um my mom decided like a half a year after my father left mm-hmm. she then realized that uh it's not safe for us anymore and the Lebanese government is not going to do anything She feared for your lives Um she wanted us to be with our father Next to fearing for our lives. So it was but basically, she, she wanted us to have a father. She didn't want us to grow up uh, without a uh, role model. And all she that. realized he's not coming back. Yes. Um, and then uh, um, we filed... Um, like, uh, uh, like for, for, for refuge. Uh, we basically fl- like uh, asked the Lebanese government to get passports. Right. But then they started asking questions like, well, why, why are you want to leave? You or couldn't everything. just say, we just want to go to Israel. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we said that we're going to go to a vacation in Cyprus. Uh, uh-huh. That was our story. And even till then, like I didn't know that we were leaving. My mom didn't tell me anything about it. Uh, she only talked with my brother about it. He Big was brother. he was twelve years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was nine. He was twelve. Mm-hmm. Um, How many are you? Two. Two. Okay. Yeah, we are two brothers. And um, the situation in Lebanon is that everyone is fleeing and leaving, so they don't want them to leave. So they want to make sure that you will be back in Lebanon. So that's why they ask you these kind of questions. Mm-hmm. And my mom was like a, a single mother, mm-hmm. and she's not uh, the one responsible for the kids because she's a woman. And they needed the man in the Can house. Can you explain that, what you just said? Um, yeah, well, basically in the Arab world, uh, women doesn't have uh, the authority on the kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they need the man of the house to be uh, to say what happens to the kids. And right, for that's him, the law. Yeah, and for him to file the, the papers for a passport. So what did um, she do? We made up the story. My grandfather said that my father uh, was beating us and that he left home and he's not part of the home anymore and that he is the one responsible. And he had a few connections in the uh, 
and the authorities in Lebanon. So we passed this. And, and who we were able and to get it passports. was only you, your brother and your mother or also yes. the grandparents? No, only um, my mother, uh, me and my brother. So, so your, your grandparents are still in, in Lebanon? Everyone is still in Lebanon. Everyone. Yeah. Weren't yes. they pun- punished once the government realized that they, your grandfather helped? Um, no, because my mother's parents, they don't live in the south. Uh, mm-hmm. After uh, they fr- after Israel freed Sidon, uh, they went back there, mm-hmm. uh, and they live there till today. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the south, they did harass them. Mm-hmm. After we left, we discovered that they came. They took them into interrogations and everything. What do you mean after Israel freed Sidon? Sidon is near Beirut. Yes. And what do you mean after Israel freed Sidon? Because in the seventies, uh, the Palestinians took over. Sidon mm-hmm. uh, and my mother fled to the south. That's how they met my father mm-hmm. and my mother. It's a bit uh, ironic that the Palestinians were conquerors, right? Yeah, well, they're they're not first class citizens in Lebanon uh, N- today. Uh, today, all, all of the <laughs> like every every always always yeah. But then they conquered. You say they conquered Sidon. Yeah, that's right. By because force. it was a Christian village, so they entered and conquered mm-hmm. it. But today they are they are like treated badly there. Yeah, oh, they are because uh, they are Sunnis, and today the Shi'is are the strongest force in Lebanon. Yeah, well, like, the Palestinians not only in Lebanon they are suffering; they are suffering in all the Arab world except of Jordan. Like because of the past few years, mm-hmm. they started to say the, that they are Jordanians, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's when they were accepted. They in Jordan just suffer because they're in Jordan. You know, there's no. Yeah. F- well, there's in the 70s, they killed thousands of them, hundreds yeah. of thousands of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in Lebanon, they are not part of the citizens. They can't get citizenship. Uh, they're not allowed to go to the same schools as the other kids. Uh, they're not allowed to work in decent jobs. So they don't have... A, and now Lebanon is building a wall uh, to separate 75,000 Palestinians from the rest of, of Lebanon because they do terror attacks in Lebanon. What? Yeah. Where are they building like the wall, wall, like the defense wall that we have in Israel. Yeah. But no one said anything about what is happening I now in Lebanon. I didn't read a word about it. Yeah. They ha- we had only two articles about it, um, only like in Arab media. And when you type in Google, you can check me. When you type in Google, <laughs> uh, the Lebanese defense wall, mm-hmm. uh, you will get articles only about Israel. Because our wall, <laughs> yeah. uh, really, because that's a peace wall. Yeah. No, They're but building where, a peace where, wall. where is this wall? Um, I forgot the name of the village, but it's one of the villages uh, in Lebanon that has uh, the most attacks on Uh, Lebanese civilians, so they want to. So th- that's them. where the Palestinians reside. From those that village, yeah, Palestinians Palestinian, are coming. Uh, so they're building. Camp. They're building basically a wall around the village. Yes. Okay. Because Palestinians in Lebanon still live in f- refugee camps mm-hmm. because they were never allowed. They can't buy. Okay, if if I'm a Palestinian, I live in a refugee camp since 1948, right? And I'm saying, you know what? Screw this. I'm going to take a mortgage. Get out of the and build me a home. I can't do that, right? Um, I don't think that anyone will give you a mortgage. Yeah, but also I can't <laughs> buy property. No, I can't no, because I'm a Palestinian. They're not citizens. They're not citizens. No, they're but which is camps. a problem because the 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 UN actually. I mean, you define them as Palestinian refugees because the UN defines them as Palestinian yeah. refugees. But yeah, the yeah. UN's definition of a Palestinian refugee is different than a normal refugee. Yeah, meaning because of the generations f- after the following their generations yeah. are considered refugees. Yeah. There's literally yeah. a, a separate definition for Palestinian right. refugees. And the Arab world is trying to make them suffer, uh, to make mm. pressure more about for Israel. Right, mm-hmm. right. Um, that's they could have find a solution 
back then. So you didn't see your your family ever since? No. We are not in contact with them? You're not allowed you're not in contact with them. Yeah. We are allowed, but we are afraid that something will happen to them. That's unbelievable. So but I, I wanna go back to the story for a second because you got the papers mm-hmm. and then you managed to get on a flight to to Cyprus and it was that easy? Um we said that we're going on vacation. Okay. Um, Have you seen then... the f- the film uh, with Ben Affleck when he helps th- them escape from Iran? How is it called? Argo. Oh, Argo. That's, how I, Argo. Argo. That's how I imagine Argo. That's how I imagine your scene. You know, on the airplane. <laughs> yeah, we we made up a story. My mom said that we were flying to uh, California. Uh, I have an uncle that lives there like for thirty mm-hmm. years. And um, I didn't know that we were leaving. Like suddenly we are at the airport mm-hmm. in Beirut. And my mom calls her sister and says goodbye on the phone. No one knew from the family except of her parents and my brothers, uh, my father's brothers. And suddenly I saw them at the airport saying goodbye. And I was holding like two teddy bears that my grandmother gave me uh, a month before we left. Because my mom told me like, listen, take like something special that you want. So I took the teddy bear. Still, <laughs> still have it? I still have it. Yeah. Um, it's like the memory that I have from Lebanon. Um And then afterwards, we, we entered the, the airport and I, I cried a lot. And my mom tried to make me like uh, to relax so we will not get any tension. Yeah. Um, and afterwards, we went on a flight. We arrived at Cyprus. And thought, That's probably your first flight ever. Yeah. yeah. But it was like short. It's 30 minutes. Ah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I was like really afraid. You know? Yeah. Um, I never like left... Uh, Uh, our village in South Lebanon, except like for going to visit in Beirut or in, in Sidon, my, mm-hmm. my mother's uh, uh, parents. But like I have never been on a plane. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was really afraid. And then after we landed in Cyprus, suddenly this man came to us and he asked my mom, are you the Al-Khuri family? And she didn't reply at the beginning because she was afraid um, because we weren't safe. Uh, and then... He asked her again, and she just said yes. And this man was uh, someone that uh, came from Israel to help us. He said that... Mossad? I don't know if he was Mossad. No one knows. <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> till today. Uh, he can tell he you, was. but then he... Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but suddenly he, like, he gives my mother a, a phone, and then she talks with my father, and he said that this man is going to help you go to the embassy wow. and get passports and everything. Because we can't just enter Israel with our Lebanese passports. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he just like 24 hours after we landed in Israel. Landed in Israel. Yeah. You just walked off the plane from Cyprus and onto the plane to Israel? Yeah. Yeah? Uh, no, it was 24 hours after. Uh, 24 hours Yeah, after. we went to the embassy. We yes. had to file our papers. So where, did you do, so where you lived when you came to Israel? Uh, my father took us to Nahariya. Uh, to, um, it's like a vacation camp. Um, uh, that they put all the South Lebanon army families mm-hmm. and two months afterwards we left to Haifa vacation camp yeah that's an interesting it's a resort <laughs> But yeah. it's a, it must be like a resort like a healthcare resort, resort yeah. or something from old times yeah no like but I'm saying for yeah for you know refugees yeah that's yeah. like you know yeah, to well, call we, it a, re- a vacation camp it's like it, w- it was well, nice that's the, it I was mean, a vacation camp yeah. it was like it was uh, close to the beach it was it mm-hmm. wasn't it's like two, mi- two minutes walk from the beach mm-hmm. and it was in the beautiful area of Nari yeah, like it's next one to of the Bet most beautiful it. places yeah. in Israel it's amazing and uh the homes were uh from uh it's like uh big tot it's right wooden ah. huts yes. wooden cabins yeah cabins. Wow. 
There so was a vacation. Guys <laughs> first class refugee service. <laughs> and my That's... father was there for a year and three months. So how was the oh, reunion okay. with him? It was really emotional. I didn't uh, recognize my father at the beginning. How uh, so? Wow. He changed in a year and and and, uh, and half. Uh, he gained weight and he removed his mustache and um, that he was really. Uh, it was like a year and a half after, so it was uh, strange for me. And I was really like, I cried a lot. So <laughs> he was in front of me, and my mom was shouting like, "Here's your father!" I'm like, "Where?" <laughs> and yeah, You're like, who is this man? <laughs> <laughs> who is this chubby man? <laughs> Today, I'm I'm like I'm going on his steps. <laughs> so yeah. you, but the, with Israeli food, not Lebanese. Yeah, yeah. Not the Lebanese integration food. back into, I mean, not back into, but the integration into Israeli society was that easy? Was that? Um, it was easy because we had the Israeli citizens supporting us and surrounding us. Um, and they Haifa? were immediately... And everywhere, like uh, in Haifa, in Nariya, What do you in Malod, in Kiryat Shmona. Um, they just came and volunteered with us. They helped us with Hebrew. They uh, uh, took us like um, during like the summer uh, vacation. They took us uh, on trips and everything that the Israeli citizens put money donated for us it's beautiful you went yeah. you went to a uh israeli school yes because the arab schools didn't accept us so i was in an israeli school in, uh, in uh, haifa when uh -huh. i arrived like i arrived to israel two days before school started uh -huh. so i imagine that, <laughs> that suddenly i go to school and the beginning in Nariya it was for all the lebanese schools so it was okay but then when we went to Haifa, I went to um like a jewish-speaking school and right. i was the only arab-speaking kid in the school Right. Uh, out of 300 students. It wasn't difficult? Um, it was really difficult because I didn't know a word in Hebrew. And then... Did kids, um, uh, would kids like make fun of you? Would they bully you? It was during the second intifada when we came. Mm -hmm. And wow. um, at the beginning, it's like... Uh, they knew that I'm special because, like, I have a story. When the teacher came and, like, presenting me to the class, she said, like, I'm originally from Lebanon and that... So they knew that I'm I'm like okay, <laughs> uh -huh. um, but yeah, I had like a few people saying me like uh, uh, are you Arab terrorist or something like that right. because they're but kids, I guess nine years I old. guess yeah, yeah. I guess if you were put in Yerucham, it would be worse because <laughs> it needs to say that that the, the children of Haifa uh, because they live in Haifa, which Haifa is, is the mixed most city, yeah. mixed city in Israel, they are so used. Mm -hmm. To live side by side, I bet it had an effect on how. Yeah, but you were. we had like buses explode in Haifa yeah, as well. The, yeah. My my brother like uh, he missed the bus in five minutes, and that's why he was saved. Uh, uh -huh. The 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 thirty seven bus in Haifa. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, uh, but yeah, so the school took me as a project. Like every teacher signed up, and they took me in a different hours and different days to teach me Hebrew. And in three months, I learned uh, fluent Hebrew. Now you were the only. Only um, uh, Arab speaking Arab speaking yeah. kid in that school. Mm -hmm. So the other you you were in this I mean vacation refugee camp and with other families from you know southern Lebanon. No, it was after we moved to Haifa. Ah, okay. Yeah, when we were there, we were in the Lebanese. Yeah, school but it was only a few months. Yeah, it was only like for two but, months. Ah, okay. But and you had you... neighbors uh, in Haifa from the community of the. South uh, Lebanese. In, in our street, we had uh, one family that lived there, and their kid was like my brother's age, so mm -hmm. they were together in, in school, but I wasn't mm -hmm. with them uh, because I was like really young, and they were uh, already like in uh, middle school. So right, I see. Eitan, 
want to ask something no, no. before because we're we're nearing the end and i want to ask you you were in the knesset yesterday yeah can you tell us what what did you do there and also about that you mentioned uh, the movement for recruitment of the christians if mm -hmm. you can tell us what that means yeah well i was in the knesset as the representative of the christian empowerment council in hebrew it's the israeli christian recruitment forum mm -hmm. like a direct translation to english mm -hmm. And I'm their spokesperson for the last two years as a volunteer. Mm -hmm. And um, we were talking about the BDS movement and the anti-Semitism that is rising uh, in, uh, in colleges, campuses uh, in the States and in, in Europe. Mm -hmm. uh, so I went there to talk about our perspective and from my experience on going on tours and talking about this uh, in, in the States and in the UK as well. And Father Gabriel Nadaf, uh, the head of the Christian Reformed Council, he goes and talks about it as well. Mm -hmm. um, and what I said is that it's important to uh, to take Christians or other minorities that lives in Israel, that served in the army or in the national service, to go and talk from their experience. Not like on a propaganda, but more to just tell their stories about their convey lives the truth, in Israel. Convey another perspective. Yeah. Yes, told. It's it's almost not told anywhere uh, about the minorities that lives in Israel and the Christian community is one of the thriving uh, communities that we have, like from the minorities. Because uh, Christians, generally speaking, they live well here in Israel. Yeah. You can say that? Yeah, I, I can say that, yeah. The, Israel is the only uh, country... They thrive. The only country that uh, the Christian numbers are rising each year. Right. And not like in the, the rest East. in the Middle East, yeah. That's amazing. And what about, so, and, and how's the, did you go to the army? I did national service. National service. Yeah. Uh, but cr Christians today are being recruited? Yes. Um, in 2012, when the Christian Empowerment Council was uh, established, um, till then we had around 35 uh, soldiers each year. Mm -hmm. And only a year after we had 150. Uh, it's like more than 200% people. Uh, uh, people joining the IDF because they wanted someone to support them publicly, like uh, someone that is important, like a priest or uh, someone from the Knesset. But no one in the Knesset does that from the Arab uh, and the Christian member Knesset. And there are. Yeah, we have, I think, two uh, mm -hmm. Christian member Knesset. Uh, one is Basil Ghattas that now is uh, um, accused. Yeah, yeah. he's he suspected of... Uh, taking cell phones to, uh, to terrorists, terrorists yeah. the, aiding the terrorists in, the prison. in prison. And the other is the famous... Uh, uh, what's her name? Oh, Tuma. Uh, Aida Tuma is as Aida well. Tuma, but, but also... Um, Zuabi. Zuabi is also Christian, no? No, Zuabi she, is a Muslim. She's a Muslim, okay, sorry, my yeah. bad. Okay, so, so Christians go to the army? And now today, yeah, we have more Christians joining the, to the army and we hope to uh, rise these numbers as well. Like... Or so-called, like, not, I mean, not South Lebanese, necessarily. No, no, um, the South Lebanese is a different uh, story. They, we go to the army and to national service, mm -hmm. but we were talking about the Israeli Christians uh -huh. uh, that is living here. And That's there amazing. today, they want, yeah, uh, we have a um, few hundreds that go to the national service. Mm -hmm. And we are hoping to raise the numbers, like third of the Christian, uh, the, the third of the, uh, The Christians that got uh, like a diploma after high school, mm -hmm. they go and join to the army or national service. Do you uh, still miss Lebanon? Um, yeah, 
I yeah. miss my family. I miss the village. Um, and I'm sorry for the cliche, but I heard nah. from my father that the food is just... There is not... It is. Yeah, well, I have my mother, so yeah. <laughs> she cooks great. Invite us. <laughs> yeah. Invite us. Invite you you us. managed to bring along a chef. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Private that's, import. That's wonderful. It's the yeah. only reason you brought your mother. <laughs> but, <laughs> but maybe to, to end this, this show, um, if... If there were tomorrow, there would ha have been established a South Lebanese Christian state in Lebanon. Mm -hmm. And uh, you could choose if you want to stay, live here, here or, li or live there. What Would you stay or would you live there? Um, we have always talked in, in my family about this situation, that if we will gather, like a, if there will be a peace agreement tomorrow, what we will do. Mm -hmm. And we always said that, um, well, we were risen is the correct word to say like raised. raised we were raised here and uh, our family is here our fr like our friends is here uh, my education is here so that's where we live now and we are citizens of Israel and we're going to stay to be citizens of Israel so we said only that we will go for vacations yeah. in Lebanon like to visit our families and then just get back here because this is our home today well i guess it means that our faiths are connected then yeah. um thank you Thank you. It was me. beautiful. You touched us. <laughs> uh, you touched our. our not literally. Yes, yeah, not, not literally. literally. Yeah. But <laughs> they can't, our listeners can't see, no. so you have to clarify. Some things are, are only for me and Aitan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was it was beautiful. Um, thank you so much for coming. Well, We're really thank appreciate you for having it. me. And good luck with everything you're doing. You know, we adore you. What can we say? <laughs> what can we say? We adore him. Barbara. <laughs> Just put an end to it. Okay. Um, <laughs> Thank Eitan. you. Yeah. See you next week. Yeah, I'll see you next okay, week. Okay, cool. Uh, come dressed well. Oh, I will. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.